discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing. I'm He Yang. Good as always to have you join us. Today, we invite you to ride the waves of Guochao and enjoy the contemporary reinterpretation of China's timeless traditions with us. Today, we bring you the final installment of this special series in which we zero in on the growing trend of guofeng music, where traditional Chinese culture is integrated into contemporary tunes. And we share with you what's made us happy this week in Roundtable's Happy Place. For today's program, I'm joined by Xing Yu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's show. The Chinese music industry has witnessed a rising trend. The rich tapestry of contemporary musical scenes is interwoven with elements of traditional Chinese music. This distinct genre, commonly known as guofeng music or Chinese-style music, has notably captivated the interest of a new generation of listeners. So, it's kind of difficult to. Explain to everyone, but why don't you take a stab at this, Xinyu? <laughs> what is guofeng music? Yeah, to be honest, I'm not an expert in music, but I'll try my best. Um, like you said, guofeng music broadly refers to music that incorporates the elements of traditional Chinese culture, but actually, it encompasses a wide range of musical genres that are formed by the fusion of tradition and modernity. And sometimes it's the lyrics where you can find roots in classical. Chinese literature, or the melodies are adapted from traditional folk tunes, or sometimes you can see a variety of traditional Chinese musical instruments, such as the guzheng, the pipa, or the erhu, are adopted in a piece of music.、Mm. Mm. So it's almost like it's. Uh, abstract and vague enough to put all these Chinese <laughs> elements into the basket. All guofeng music, <laughs> <laughs> quite But, inclusive genre. Yeah, and and you you notice it、mm. like it's like it's uh these little clues sing to you if you're、um, aware of this、yeah. for a Chinese person. Josh,、um, what's your impression of guofeng music or this Chinese style of music that we're talking about today? Yeah, I am actually quite familiar with it, and you might even be surprised to hear, maybe not, that a lot of Chinese traditional instruments, especially the guzheng,、mm. is actually used in a lot of Western electronic music as well. And there's a lot of interesting reasons for this, which we can go into later. You know, I'd probably like to, but I mean, one of them is that a lot of these instruments are quite percussive; they're tuned, right?、Mm -hmm. But they have quite a lot of striking or picking、yes. and things like this. And this makes them really suitable and easy to use with repetitive rhythmic music,、um, and they even sound really great on their own. And they can actually be quite easily、um, used in dance music and stuff like this. So I, I'm pretty familiar with it, and also myself,、um, as you know, I'm, I'm also a music producer. I've actually used this. Some of these instruments unknowingly, I sampled them before I even came to China, and so it's really interesting to talk about this. Oh, that's fantastic!、Mm. And yes, I am surprised. <laughs> is it kind of like、um, just so many different、um, other musical instruments? But it feels as if they might belong to a big family, as where the guitar belongs to, maybe because they're all like string. Well, I wouldn't say string music, but、um, 
But it's really interesting when I talk to a friend of mine who's also a musician, and uh, he's from Turkey, and he he plays the guitar. And but when he tried his hands on the pipa, the guzheng,、oh. and these Chinese traditional musical instruments, and he was like, "Yeah, there are some transferable skills I can use here." And it and and it took、oh, him like yeah, five、definitely. seconds to get some of the notes <laughs> flowing under his fingers, and I thought that was just really cool. I had the same experience when I first. Touched a guzheng, and I'd never seen one before. And there's some things that are completely different. Usually, that's in the scales and the notation and things like this, and also the rhythmic patterns. I.e., the way music's written down and how the strings are tuned can be different. But at the end of the day, it's often just a piece of wood with strings on it, right? Just like a a Western scale on a guitar. So. Uh, it is completely transferable, I think. Yeah, that's、mm. really interesting. And now let's take a chronologic look at the rise of guofeng music. Our music traditions go back thousands of years, but its modern rendition in pop music can be traced to Jay Chou, Zhou Ziwen, <laughs> or Xu Song. And、um, yeah, before we go into more detail, let's have a listen. Jay Chou's Niangzi, or I mean, the English translation can be a little bit difficult here. It's kind of like an endearing and old-fashioned title for <laughs> one's wife, so maybe wifey.、Um, wifey. <laughs> let's have a listen. <laughs> Another perfect example of the early renditions of traditional Chinese music incorporated in pop music. Here's Xu Song's hit song "Qian Bai Du," or in English, we might translate it into "hundreds and thousands of times." 
They almost teleport you into a specific, like a Chinese、mm. painting or something like that. You know, it's、yeah. um, these songs are filled with Easter eggs of、uh, traditional Chinese culture and little references here and there. Xingyu,、yeah. could you tell us a bit more about you know how this came about and the popularity of? You know, even some of these earlier renditions、mm. of Guofeng music. Yeah, I think as you said, Jay Chou and Xu Song, they were among the leading figures that have made a huge influence on popularizing this type of Guofeng, or back then it's called Zhongguofeng style of music. And for Jay Chou,、um, his music styles, you can see a lot of this Western rhythm and blues, this music style. But if you look at the lyrics, the lyrics were written by. Vincent Fang,、uh, Fang or Fang Fang Wenshan, he's known for his writing style that's similar to traditional Chinese poetry, and he makes frequent references to Chinese history and folklores. And for Xu Song, he's more like an all-round musician because he created all these、uh, works all by himself, from the lyrics to the composition. And actually, the name of this song "Qian Bai Du" was inspired by a poem written by a renowned poet Xin Qiji, who lived between twelfth、uh, to thirteenth century in the Song Dynasty. So I think these、um, singers they drew inspiration from a lot of this ancient Chinese. Poetry or literature, and they incorporate these elements into these pop songs. Which, because of the popularity of these songs and the singers, more young people are able to see、uh, this genre, and they are able to appreciate the Chinese traditional culture. I guess.、Mm-hmm. And also, Jay Chou's song came out in. The year two thousand, yeah. So really, at the turn of the century, and、uh, that was he was the one who sort of blew up the Zhongguofeng,、uh, <laughs> and then、right. uh, the Xu Song song came out in twenty、mm-hmm. eleven. So、yeah. you know, it was like. That period of time when there was this almost like a reinforcement of、mm. the music genre that now I think Chinese people are just quite familiar with. Yeah. And、uh, Josh, how did you feel? You know, when listening to these songs that I'm sure a lot of our listeners probably have some memories of. And、uh, how do you feel about it? Well, I think it's really interesting because when I listen to some of those songs, the instruments that stood out to me were. The Western instruments, and I think that really just goes to show that. And I could hear some of the traditional Chinese instruments deeper in the mix, or for me, they felt deeper in the mix, which、um, means that they were, you know, more absent to me than、uh, some of the other instruments. And I guess that's because these instruments they really do provoke an emotional response in you, right? And it's definitely linked to、um, your、uh, past and nostalgia, and it's. Why it's so effective to incorporate some of these sounds? Because when you do that, you sort of tap into these emotional connections that the listeners have with their own traditional music, and、uh, I think that that's very powerful. So I was just trying to listen to the instruments, to be honest, and trying to pick up on different ones. But the main ones that stuck out to me were like the acoustic guitars or the violins、mm, and、wow. the Western scales, I guess. 
That's yeah. interesting because in the second song, Chen Baidu, the instrument that stood out to me was the Chinese flute. I think I can instantly recognize yeah. the sound of the flute. So mm. that also reminds me of what kind of style of the song is. So that's kind of interesting. And also, um, we've talked about these pop singers, and there are actually an increasing number of these Guofeng soundtracks from historical movies or TV series or animations in recent years. Um, for me, I think one of my favorites is a song titled Big Fish. It's a soundtrack from Chinese animated fantasy film in 2016 called Big Fish and Begonia. It's sung by um, Chinese pop singer Charlie Zhou Zhoushen. And mm -hmm. it's, I think, Chinese-style music um, in these historical dramas or films, they really shape the tone of the scene or, or the mood of these um, visual works. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me because if the visuals are all very traditional Chinese yeah. or they're trying to evoke a certain kind of emotion that is, it's just got the Chinese touch to it. Then mm -hmm. if you start like out of nowhere, rock music, <laughs> R&B or hip hop music, yeah. then, then that's just, it, it's, mm. yeah, it's a bit off. But also we've seen a lot of uh, the Chinese musicians, you know, the reason why I think Guofeng music can become this popular, not only has it got the traditional Chinese roots, but also uh, some of these outside influences as well. And, and just taking the best bits of both worlds and put it together. Yeah. And that's what's contemporary, what's relevant to today's people. So that's all just very interesting when you try to sample and understand a bit more of it. And today, Guofeng music remains in a state of ongoing evolution in China, and more young people are participating in this endeavor by infusing new energy and fresh perspective into Chinese-style music. And what have they brought to this field? Xingyu has interviewed several musicians for music talks. Yeah, I was doing music talks for quite some time. And for those who don't know about the show, it's a music podcast that features different aspects of Chinese music. And each episode, we invite a musician to share their stories and production. So for those music lovers out there, please go check this podcast too. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to interview several young musicians and producers who are dedicated to bringing their thoughts and ideas to Guofeng music scene. And one of the guests that made a deep impression on me is uh, Liu Qingyao, a young Chinese pipa player and music producer. The, for those who don't know, the pipa is a four-stringed Chinese lute. And she actually learned the traditional instrument from a very young age. And what's interesting about her is that she previously worked in one of China's tech giant companies for a while and then resigned and started working on music and being a content creator and posting her music videos on uh, various platforms mm -hmm. like Bilibili. Yes, and she's got some exciting music to share with us. And here's a composition of Lan Ling Wang Ru Zhenqu, or in English, Prince of Lan Ling in Battle.
This is the kind of music that would, well, in theory, it's for battle, but it makes you <laughs> almost like I wouldn't say ready for a workout, but certainly you know you're you're ready for something big. <laughs> that's at least that's how I feel.、Um, yeah, yeah, Josh, how do you feel about it? Yeah,、uh, it's. Pretty dramatic, and I, I like the traditional drums.、Um, I'm not sure what that type of drum is called, but it's—I know it's a really big one. Yeah, big.、Mm-hmm. Um, and the drumsticks are like really thick, and so it makes that big, boomy, emotional, marching sort of military sound.、Um, and yeah, gets the gets the blood pumping. Yeah. yeah, and actually, this is one of this is the most viewed work on our channel on Bilibili, and it has twenty million views.、Um, and also, the the producer Liu Qingyao said to me that she was very happy to see that an, an increasing number of young people are into this traditional Chinese instrument of the pipa because of watching her. Videos, yeah, definitely, and also we have more music samples for you to enjoy.、Um, there's also one from a Messiah, who's a music producer and DJ from Shanghai, and he brings a new flavor to electronic music. Electronic. So let's have a listen, and this is a, a composition titled "Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon." <laughs> To offer you a contrast of what guofeng music can do, here's a composition from Ziduqinshe called "Kongshan Niaoyu" or "Bird Song in Hollow Valley."
these two pieces of music um, are things that we want to sort of share with you to represent the different styles <laughs> within this music genre. Yeah. So, so Xingyu, take it away. <laughs> sure. Um, Messiah, he is considered one of the early pioneers of China's electronic music scene. So this musician uh, is known for a style called China Epic EDM. Um, he blended these traditional Chinese elements and symphony into electronic music. And for this piece, he told me that uh, what he had in mind was the vision of a person goes into the Shaolin temple and then is beaten up by these masters before he finally becomes a true master of martial arts. And for Zide Qin Shi, I actually went to see one of their live concerts before, and it this group is made up of dozens of Chinese in their 20s and 30s, and they have really gone viral on social media and video platforms. So Xin Yu, tell us why do you think Guofeng music is taking root in the minds of so many young people these days? Um, I think the most one of the most important reasons is, is because of the content they produced on social media and short video platforms. And not only their music is kind of reminds people a lot of the, these traditional Chinese elements, but also they're visually attractive. Mm -hmm. Like in the case of Zide Qin Shi, what they produce in their videos, they have this traditional outfits and all this uh, backdrop of ancient paper thing. So when you watch their videos, it reminds you of like a traditional Chinese scroll. So these kind of visual things really matters to um, young people, I guess. Mm. Well, I think that there's definitely a degree of authenticity in these sonic textures, right? In these instruments. I think that um, that's always going to speak to people. It's always going to be somewhat timeless. It's always going to sound good, I think. And so I think that there's something to be said to that. And I think that it's going to resonate with multiple so many different listeners from so many different generations um and yeah it's just like this kind of beautiful combination of more modernity and authenticity that i think is going to resonate for a long time very well coming up next roundtable's happy place <laughs> 